22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. There's a lot of lesses that people do in the world. Trapeze artists usually can go netless. Some people or some women go braless. I'm going noteless today. Wow. <laughs> I feel bad for everyone listening to this. Oh, and no. For I, us in the room. <laughs> Mark the day the cap is taking a page out of Ralph's book. And this will be the worst episode of the day. <laughs> Welcome to another um, noteless edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 113. I'm one of your hosts, the cap. And with me, as always, is the man who's sitting across from me with all his thousands of notes looking at me very judgmentally. But I still love him anyway. Give it up for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. I guess it's time to indulge in some end-of-the-earth debauchery. Who's up for an orgy? <laughs> Fonsworth? Amy. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. I would have never guessed that one. <laughs> and on the other side of me is the guy who's not only happy that um, I'm going noteless, he believes in the Ralph, a.k.a. Nike, saying, just wing it. RT Square, Ralph the Tech. You know, the other day I was laying in my bed and I was thinking, really attractive nurses must never get accurate pulse readings. Accurate? Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is a very interesting... <laughs> right? You think about it. I know every time the nurse takes my uh, pulse, I'm like, my heart rate is just going up and up and up because she you know, rubs right next to me and I'm like, oh, God damn it. It doesn't always happen that way. Nine times out of ten, the, bra- the, the, the bras, the, the, the nurses are always like male or... Um, I don't know they, which kind of like clinics. O- older women, they're like, cough, move over. I don't know what clinics you be going to, man. <laughs> Mar- Marge's sisters as nurses. <laughs> All right, let me see. <laughs> let me see your medication card. Oh goodness. <laughs> anyway, so let's go into what we're here to talk about. So today we're going to talk about the sequel to the hit movie from what was it, 2014? Uh, 15 for US. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the sequel to Kingsman, Kingsman: The Golden Circle. But first, Mike, if you don't let him do um, the geek news or the quick news or whatever it is, he gets angry. Guys, just misnamed it. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Cat. Yeah, now you get a, an idea of what we're to expect from the, the cat without his notes. Oh, okay, Such you stumble with your notes. <laughs> Such professionalism. <laughs> well, let's see what you got. Well, what do you got there for the quick news, Mike? Deaths. What else? Of course, first. Let's start it off. All right. He was proof of the old Native American Cherokee saying, if you work with one bionic person, you'll probably work with another one. Uh, actor Richard Anderson, best known for playing Oscar Goldman on The Six Million Dollar Man and its spinoff to Bionic Woman, died in his home in Beverly Hills, California on August 31st. Wow. Anderson was born in Long Ranch, New Jersey and served a tour in World War II before starting his acting career in films like Forbidden Planet and The Long Hot Summer. Richard Anderson died from natural causes at the age of 91. See, wow, 91. Yeah. Wow. He, he, lived, he, he lived a robust life. That's pretty yeah. good. No, seriously. And, and what's interesting is, I mean, we look at all these movies and these shows now with um, like characters with bionic limbs and stuff and to think that he was like the first yeah, or at least the first of the more popular brand because right. there's been other ones before that. Did you ever watch um, Six Million Dollar Man? No, what? but I've seen a lot of parodies. Why do you say it like that? Like, no. It's actually, I mean, it's worth watching. I, but I was a much bigger fan of Bionic Woman. It's I, really shows hard fun. to find like those old TV shows because uh. TV Land doesn't show them all the time. Well, I think Time Life had bought a lot of them up but they put them in like a package series now. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's that. I, and if there was only some kind of a third-party app for like you know 
Amazon Fire Sticks that could possibly have <laughs> those shows located. You could probably watch them all the time. Oh my goodness, like that's such a great idea. Would you call me could... Cody? What? Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, there you go. I apologize for the following joke. Uh, did he die in slow motion? Did it go like? Well, he wasn't bionic, <laughs> although he was a fembot at one point. I, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. One thing I'll say about, about Oscar Gold's character was that he was always. Like, you know how now you watch TV and you have your, your leaders not quite good guys? Right. Like characters like House and characters like even um, Samuel L. Jackson when he plays um, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like these Shades of Grey kind of characters. I like Shades of Grey, but... Like it, assholes? Right, yeah. Like, like you, you have to be an asshole to be a leader. Right. Like, Oscar Gold was never really like that. No. And also, he always wore shades, so that was it. Yeah. He always <laughs> had his aviator glasses on. That's right. Was his future so bright he had to wear shades? So you know that song, but you don't know any LL Cool J. You fucking kill me. Mike, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, comic book fans everywhere mourn the loss of writer and editor Len Wein. Wein died in Los Angeles, California on September 10th. Wein was co-creator of many popular comic characters during the 1970s and 80s, such as Swamp Thing, uh, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm, and Colossus. And in the 2000s, he wrote episodes for the Ben 10 franchise and also the Marvel Superhero Squad. As an editor, he oversaw the, uh, the publication of Alan Moore and Dave Gibson's Watchmen series. Ooh. Wayne underwent an unspecified surgery and a couple of days uh, before his death. And that was about it. Len Wayne was 69 when he, uh, when he died. Wow. Sorry to hear that. That's I didn't realize he'd done young. so much work. Yeah, well, he did a ton of work. And I mean, I didn't even mention a lot of the stuff he did. But 69 is way too young. Yeah. Six, six, the only good number for that I'm not even going to go there for that one but um, what's funny is how I found out about that death John Vell hit me up shout out to John Vell who'll never listen to this but yeah John was like oh did you hear who died and I'm thinking some wrestler or some sports star and he hit me up with that I'm like how did he know about that, it that's what I'm saying I'm he like he just seen something that comic book and was like oh I'll just put it over to the cap yeah you know <laughs> keep some conversation now that I moved over to Florida yeah <laughs> alright so what else you got Mike well no more deaths oh, that's good yeah. uh, in a hush hush original super secret upcoming event that was somehow leaked to the internet on September 18th, uh, Marvel Comics brings back Jean Grey. Oh. Shocker. In other equally noteworthy news, fire hot. (laughs) For the umpteenth time in 37 years, which, as you all know, is 10 years longer than I've been living, uh, the original Jean Grey is alive in comic book continuity in a five-issue epic titled Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey. Now, all of this excitement takes place on December 27th as the comic book giant fulfills its promise of big events in its Marvel legacy titles. How do we feel about Jean? I'm like, I don't care about Jean Grey. I'm sorry. I I know that there's a collective gasp from the fanboys that listen. But you've heard me say it a billion times from, the I think, one of the first episodes. She's not an interesting character. I I got a question for you (laughs) diehard fans. Go for it. Would you prefer... New stories with the current characters or new characters and new stories. Like, totally new. Like, forget about the current characters. Forget about them. Give you new different characters with, in the same world, though. But, I mean, you'd have to have your old characters still existing. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not talking about but waking don't up focus and there's on no... Them. Well, I mean, the thing is, you should just be moving forward. I, but I feel like DC tried to do that. DC in the 80s and 90s would try to do that. They said certain characters will retire or die or whatever. Well, that was and, because of the crisis, though. Yeah, but right. even, but you know like even but even before the crisis, um, when Hal Jordan retired, he retired as um, Green Lantern, and John Stewart took over the helm permanently for that for that run in like was it eighty three eighty four? 
Mm, I don't remember. It, I wasn't it, reading Green Lantern back yeah, then. Well, um, you know, the fact that DC made those choices kind of made me feel like that's one of the reasons I like DC's writing because they were able to kind of try to move forward. Well, the thing is, Marvel has moved forward that they kept their continuity, whereas DC got rid of their continuity so that, for instance, uh, you know, like you pick a character in the DC world, you couldn't go like, oh, I like that character because they fought so-and-so. Well, that hasn't happened. You know, well, there's, there's, yeah, right. no, no. Whereas all this stuff had happened in Marvel, so that if you're telling me that the, the world existed, but yet we're just adding on brand new characters and drifting off of the, the oh-so-rans, that's fine. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't want to wake up and just find out that Spider-Man doesn't exist anymore. Like that would just be too much. No, but, no, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, but the Jean Grey thing is just that, like, just like this. The, the fact that they call it Phoenix Resurrection. Once again, was Jean Grey ever the Phoenix? No. According to Marvel itself, no. No. So why is she always back with the Phoenix? It's like she never was the Phoenix. The Phoenix took over a shape Im- that looked like impersonated her, impersonated her, and then let her heal. You know, Jean Grey never has had the power of the Phoenix. It makes no sense that this is always hand in hand. But it's like, okay, so they keep feeling that, oh, we want Phoenix stories. Then give someone else the Phoenix power. Like, Jean Grey is inherently a very boring person. Except for how they wrote her in this new... um, Well, teenage, that's different. Yeah, Yeah, the way they've written her now, she's interesting because they... I I think also they purposely try to make her interesting. I agree with my... I don't want to be a naysayer. I just feel like with Jean Grey... May. May. I, I mean, how many times... It, it, my thing is, any other character I see, Jean Grey has been resurrected and killed and resurrected so many times now. Her head was freaking chopped off. Doesn't that kind of give you an idea? We don't care. When was her head chopped off? Wasn't her head chopped off by... No. Yeah, wait, I thought Magneto... Magneto's head got, got chopped oh, off. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Magneto, but he was beside he, her he killed. Yeah, he... Well, the Zorn version of right. Magneto, yes. But, yeah, but what happened to her? Um, was it just like an energy blast type thing? I, I don't can't remember. remember. Well, exactly. I can't remember. Right. Anyway, move, move. Wait, it's funny. We're not talking about death, but we're talking yeah. about death. And join us next week when we answer the question of whose head was chopped off. Whose head was chopped off? Who's It'll probably be uh, Ralph's. <laughs> All right, more news. Yes. Here's some news you might actually give a damn about. Ooh. A Kryptonian, some Ooh. metahumans, oh. and a couple of angry white guys walk into a room, and we get a CW crossover. Oh. You, you yeah. had me at hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, giggling schoolgirls like me have finally gotten more information about the newest CW superhero event of the season. Get ready for Crisis on Earth X. Oh now, boy. for the hoes at home, in DC Comics Multiverse of Different Earths, Earth X is home to Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, which is the Ray, Doll Man, Black Condor, uh, Phantom Lady, Human Bomb, and a few others. On this world, the Nazis won World War II and America is in shambles, but these heroes are still fighting the good fight and taking down Nazis whenever they can. Now, for the crossover event, the official word is, quote, with all the, of the heroes in town to celebrate Barry and Iris's wedding, villains from Earth-X crash the festivities with a deadly agenda, end quote. And promotional art shows CW good guys battling evil Earth-X versions of themselves. Now, instead of a four-night story like last year's event, this will take place in two nights. However, they're doubling up. So episodes of Arrow and Supergirl will air back-to-back on November 27th. Okay. And The Flash and DC's Legends of Tomorrow will do the same on November 28th. Set your DVR to record awesomeness if you can't see it in real time. Oh, man. This is good. I always like the crossover event. It's yeah. always a lot of fun. I mean, hopefully they do a good job, but I'll be interested to see, like, because everybody hates Nazis, so I'm like, hopefully we'll get some Nazis in there <laughs> and stuff like that getting beaten up. Everybody hates Nazis the way people well, blame I mean, the drummer. Not, well, <laughs> well, everyone hates Nazis but Trump, evidently. Wow. Um, what I want to see is if when they get the Black Lightning show up and running, 
if there's going to be any any well, kind of crossover. Well, they keep saying that it's yeah, not thing, any it's, continuity. It's, That's so right. far, unless they have a change of heart. They'll change their mind. If, if Black Lightning becomes very popular, I'm sure well, they'll Well, the thing is, they mind. can have a crossover. He can just be on another Earth. I mean, it would be stupid, though, for them to have him here because he's already been a superhero, retired, and is coming back. Right. And if that's the case, then that would mean that like the world should kind of be a little bit more used to this idea of superheroes. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe they'll show like a younger Black Lightning or something. You know, okay. If it's not in continuity. Well, he's but. probably in jail. Black Spark. Oh, <laughs> damn! Mike, it's a joke. <laughs> All righty. Next news story. One. Listen up for these clues. This Ooh. director, writer, producer doesn't need an alias to avoid getting lost in the fringe. So unless you've gone fishing near Cloverfield. You'll be forever young as you Star Trek your way to the theater for Star Wars Episode Nine, directed by You Know Who. J.J. Abrams. And if you don't know who, from all the not-so-subtle clues I dropped, (laughs) it's J.J. Abrams, who will direct, write, and produce the last film of the sequel trilogy. Following the success of 2015's The Force Awakens, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy could not wait to get Abrams back under lock and key. Star Wars Episode Nine is scheduled for release on December 20th, 2019. Hmm, having Abrams back in the fold. I, I think it's because they, they were talking about the, the director for Episode Eight, and I guess it um, didn't fare very well for that person. Or? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to have somebody especially experienced with the Star, the Star Wars franchise and just... Stop. <laughs> Stop, I'm going to hear that shit in my sleep. Will be the answer to all my questions when I go to work. It J. probably J. also means you're sleeping with JJ Abrams. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he well, says that in his sleep. I was about to say that. That'd be kind of creepy if he says only JJ Abrams. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that he's doing that. That's dope. All right. Yeah. So that's all the quick news. No, I never said it was all the quick news. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, I was tapped to uh, direct episode 10. In your imagination. Is there why there is no 10? <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> well, grand a, opening, grand closing. It's a work in progress. Ah. Well, it's time to ask, do you believe in magic oh, in the young girl's heart? I don't care. <laughs> but the creators at CW are hoping you do. Sabrina the Teenage Witch will be getting her own series simply titled Sabrina. Oh, wow. But if you were expecting tween-age shan- shenanigans like those from the 90s comedy, you will be greatly disappointed. This series will be based more on the current comic book run Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Really? The CW Sabrina show is framed as a dark coming-of-age story that traffics in horror the occult and witchcraft comparable to like Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. Roberta Aguirre Sacasa, Archie's CCO and Riverdale writer executive producer, will work the project under Greg Balanti's Balanti Productions alongside Warner Brothers Television. Sabrina is considered a companion series to CW's Riverdale, but the shows are not necessarily connected by continuity. No release date for Sabrina has been provided. I didn't Ooh. think they were going to have the balls to do that. I think it's fun. I mean, I think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, especially like if they just you know just go out of their way not to be like, okay, Riverdale has magic. Just be like, let Sabrina be Sabrina. If you want to throw in a character just because it's an Archie related thing, that's fine. But have them go in and out and no, right. you know, no effect. But I look forward to it. I mean, when they had uh, the other TV series uh, with Melissa Joan Hart, it was on uh, on uh, eleven on CW for a while. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it was WB eleven at that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was WB eleven back then. Wow, pretty cool though. Yeah. All oh, right. Well, interesting. Okay. Now the last piece. Remember when you were excited to hear there was a new addition to the Terminator franchise? No. What? Yeah. Well, James Cameron is hoping to get audiences hot for the property again, and not just because the original moviegoers are going through menopause. 
Linda Hamilton has agreed to reprise her role of Sarah Connor in the next Terminator feature alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger. According to Cameron, quote, there are 50-year-old, 60-year-old guys out there killing bad guys, but there isn't an example of that for women, end quote. The new Terminator films are conceived by Cameron, but are directed by Tim Miller of Deadpool fame. Hmm. No title or time frame has been revealed for the next Terminator movie. You know, because Tim Miller's on it, I'll give it a chance. Uh, yes. Didn't Tim Miller do the last one? Or no? The last Terminator? I don't think yeah. so. Oh, no, he didn't? Oh, no, okay. he didn't do the last Terminator. Oh, no. He did Deadpool, and that shit was awesome. Yeah, and then now he's off Deadpool, and, you know. Well, let's see what happens. No, oh, it's done. Him and him and Ryan Reynolds are not. No, 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 I'm saying let's see what Deadpool oh, is. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But in regards to Tim Miller, I mean, I'm, I, I'm definitely happy he's on. I like the fact that it's Linda Hamilton, but it's so funny because on the heels of what um, Cameron had to say about Linda Hamilton and her being like a, a better role model for women than Wonder Woman. I Cam- mean, Cameron the rapper? No, James Cameron. Um, oh, you said Cameron. I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I, I mean, his whole thing. Yeah, I mean, he was just on a little bit of a pompous rage. A little, but but at the same time, when I think about it, well, he wasn't talking about Wonder Woman. I think per se, was he talking more about the movie? I think the movie. But um. I don't know. I mean, like, if I had to, like, if, if there was a gun to the head and you were like, one of these is the ultimate, you know, for, like, a depiction of, like, you know, a strong woman character, I think I would go for the, uh, for Sarah Connor. Only because it wasn't, like, still, like, I'm powerful and I just happen to be cursed with beauty. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, you know, like, she's like, no, I've, I'm just a hardened woman that knows how to take care of her family and herself and makes the hard decisions and, you I, know, whatnot. I, I, you know, it's funny. I don't really feel, I mean, I feel like she was a hard character, but she wasn't really a hard character until the second one. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean the forget. first one, I mean, she was, you know. Well, she was, she was in danger. And then she actually, you saw that's where she was becoming hard and where she no longer had the man to protect her. And, right, this guy and the storm was coming, you know. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So you watched her slowly grow there. And then by the time we see her later, it's. I mean, how many years later? Twelve years later, or something, yeah, like, something that? like that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, you, and then we hear what she did. So it's like, no, we know that she was a tough woman. You know, the fact that she, you know, did everything she could, trained up John, dealt with drug, um, not drug dealers, but gun dealers, gun runners, protecting the family. You know, all of this. Right. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think she's not impressive. I just don't think that she's, she's the um, antithesis of what. Um, being being a uh, I don't know I just I just felt like it was it was more James Cameron just sucking his own wang oh, yeah. versus you know him actually trying to make a point. Yeah. He has a guy named Wang. Plus, <laughs> God, plus, he's in charge of the humor. Plus, it's like that. This is his ex-wife, so uh, okay, that, you know what? Thank you. Good point, Mike. I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Even though I don't think there was any love there. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> You're from my fame. I mean, my love. <laughs> what else we got there, Mike? Nothing. There you go. That's it. That's all the quick news. Uh, I don't know how much more nothing I could say. I sure. <laughs> Let's try. Stop, because because we hate we hate dead air anyway. Ralph, do you have any quick news? Uh, yeah, uh, I was tapped right now recently to direct episode eleven. Dude, you need to stop daydreaming. Seriously, <laughs> I, I just stop I got tapping the, that liquid heroin. I got the call from George Lucas. He's like, Ralph, we need you, man. 10-11, it's all you. You got a call from George Lopez. <laughs> I was going to say... He, that would explain the accent. Oh, God. All right. So let's go right into it. Let's talk about the reason why we're here. And, and it's funny because when this first movie came out, I don't think anybody expected the amount of success that this movie was going to have. I did. I did after I saw it. Yeah. Oh, after you saw it, yeah. But, you know, now we're talking about the second movie. So does it, you know, will it stand up to the first one? Will it pale in comparison? So we're going to talk about right now, Kingsman. 
the golden circle. And with a synopsis, is the guy who just finished speaking. We'll let him speak again. MFG, Mike, the finance guy. They can't stop me anyway. Oh, God. We can only hope to contain you. <laughs> not my, not my brilliance. Not my brilliance. <laughs> not your brilliance. All righty. Who's the guy in the chair? This guy. Uh, actually, you're the guy on the sofa. I'm the guy in the chair. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle is the action spy comedy sequel to 2015's Kingsman, the Secret Service. The film was directed by Matthew Vaughn and written by Vaughn and Jane Goldman. Kingsman is loosely based on the comic book series The uh, Secret Service, which was created by Mark Millar and Dave Gibbons. The comic book series was rebranded Kingsman to tie in with the film. The film uh, this film cost $104 million to make and has so far earned $39 million since opening just recently on September 22nd. Kingsman, The Golden Circle has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 51%. What? An audience rating of 75. Wow. But a Metacritic score of 45 out of 100. What? Yeah, well, I've got my actually, uh, after having seen it and thinking about it, I have my own ideas with this. Okay. But anyhow, synopsis. Eggsy is looking sunny side up after a year saving uh, the world from Samuel Jackson's mind-blowing plan to repopulate the world. Unfortunately, the Kingsmen are quickly exterminated except for Eggsy and Merlin. Now, the world faces a new threat from the 1950s-loving Poppy Adams, the world's wealthiest drug dealer, living exile with her killer robot dogs and a kidnapped Elton John. In a head-scratching villainous plan, Poppy will kill her recreational drug-using clients all over the world unless the U.S., which somehow represents all of the Earth, consents to end its war on drugs and provide her with legal immunity for attempted mass murder. Now, luckily, the capable tailors find assistance from a U.S. branch of whiskey-based spies that include guys, um, that guy from Tron, uh, Oberyn Martell, Catwoman, and Magic Mike. And even <laughs> luckier, Harry somehow survived his headshot from the previous adventure, which means, once again, less than a handful of the world's top spy organization springs into action to save hundreds of millions of lives, while the rest of the spies do absolutely nothing. The film tries to up the action, but with familiar fight moves, the same old weapons, and the same booty-based reward for saving the day, this sequel feels like a Golden Circle jerk. Wow. Uh, all right, starring Colin Firth as Harry Hart, Galahad. Um, we also have Taron Egerton as Gary Exe, Unwin, and Galahad. Julianne Moore as Poppy Adams. Mark Strong as Merlin. Pedro Pascal as Whiskey. Holly Berry as Ginger Ale. Elton John as himself. Channing Tatum as Tequila. Jeff Bridges as Champagne, Edward Holcroft as Charles Charlie Hesketh, Hannah Olstrom as the Crown Princess Tilda of Sweden, and Bruce Greenwood as President of the United States. All right, so before we get into Kingsman, the Golden Circle, let's press that button that we paid so much money for and that I'll probably hear a lot about later on. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, Piss off, you wanker. Ah, uh, and that spoiler warning is brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Stush. Stush. Oh, God. Stush. Stush. Stop you guys now. All right, all right. And Mr. Stush actually went to see this movie last night, I heard. It did he? I haven't heard what he thought about it. But I, I am very to curious it. to see what the old Brit thinks. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, did you like the last one? Eh, that's all right. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, somebody who's it a was, hater more than you? I'm shocked. It wasn't a war documentary. That's why he doesn't like it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was talking about how he liked Dunkirk, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Um, Kingsman, Golden Circle. Let me ask you this. And here's my thing about it. I was excited to see this movie from the minute I saw the previews. But is there a part of you that felt like 
this story would not be interesting just for the fact that Exy was now a full-fledged agent. I think the char- part, for me, part of the charm of the first one was watching him rise through the ranks and become from some street kid who, you know, has problems with his family to being the super, the super agent. Now that he's a super agent, it's like, well, then, you know, right. the themes change. You know, what made it interesting, the first one interesting changes, and it wouldn't be as interesting. Do right. you guys feel the same way or differently? Or I think it's actually much more interesting to see how much he's changed from the beginning, to see how much experience he's gained. And to see just the better agent that he's become. Right. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, that wasn't a fear of mine. Like, my fear was just the fact that it's a sequel. That's just always my fear. Uh, <laughs> it's you know. a sequel. That's it. Yeah, that's always my fear, the fact that we're getting a part two. Um, the fact that he would no longer obviously be learning like that uh, didn't bother me in the least. And, you know, it's only a year difference. So that was, that was my curiosity is how long it would be. But since they stated that it was only a year. So, like, he was still, as you would imagine, he was still himself, but yet still you know, a better agent than we left him, which was already a great agent. Right. You know, so. yeah. um, how do we feel about the, um, how, the, how it just seems like the Kingsmen have recovered so well for only it being a year later? Well, I mean, they didn't have that much happening because like, uh, like I pointed out in the, uh, in the synopsis, which is funny, it's like, once again, if you really think about it in the, you know, they lost, well, we thought they had lost Harry and then mm-hmm. they lost Arthur Aren't there? You know, but other than that, like, the other Kingsmen didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, again. <laughs> you know, like, like, they just, you know, because I remember we got into that really heated argument about, like, well, oh, well, they couldn't, tr- they didn't know who to trust. I'm like, right. yeah, but still, this is the world we're talking about, you know. Yeah. I, I, I definitely remember. Joe always reminds us about that argument. <laughs> Rob, how did you feel about, about how quickly, you know, like, everything's, like, back to normal. Everything's great, but, you know, the Kingsmen or- organization. I didn't really think too much of it. I mean, you would expect them. I mean, if they're an agency so well-funded as they are, they would have to, you know, um, reestablish themselves quickly. Yeah, they would power through. There's yeah. got to be a who takes over when, if yeah, Arthur there, dies. There has to be, like, a hierarchy of, like, who, who takes over once Arthur's gone. Is Do you promote from within or do you have to find someone else? Right. I would assume they would have to promote from within. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine anything in the one ad section. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted a really experienced top-notch world spy for a secret agency that we can't talk about. Yeah. If any of your if any of your titles include the words double O, we can't use you because of franchising. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, on a side note, before we get to the major action of it, how did you guys feel about the fact that he was actually in a serious relationship with the um, with Tilda? With, with with Tilda, yeah. I mean, I felt like it was a little too like. For me, it just didn't seem practical as a, as a spy right. on, on multiple right. levels. Well, he even well, says yeah. that. Well, I mean, but it's also like when you realize, it, again, if this had been, let's say, two or three years, maybe I would have felt a little bit more about how intense the relationship was. Right. But it's a year. And when you realize that his initial meeting of her was really nothing more than a booty call. Right. That you would, have thought, he, right, that he, you would have thought that he would have, of course, gone right back into like, well, we've kind of his focus would be on like the kings and he's reestablishing, not like that it is reestablishing. And somehow I have time to date. Right. <laughs> you know, like, but I mean, I did, again, it didn't bother me, but I just was like, okay, that's a little bit of a flag of like, it just doesn't kind of make sense. I felt like, I'm, I'm sorry, Rafa, let me ask you before I um, tune in. Oh, that question? Yeah, that question. Did you hear another one? <laughs> <laughs> the, the silent question in Morse code using subliminal messaging. Um, honestly, I felt kind of happy the fact that he was able to, even, he did. <laughs> even though he still is a spy he was able to find love and the fact that you know usually it happens that when you go through a traumatic event i mean he saved her life you know 
Okay. He saved and, a lot of people's lives. Yeah, but he, you know, like she's like, you know, you saved the world, like you can do it in the butt. So it's like, hey. <laughs> but but even then, but. that like you would assume that it was just gonna be like a one time kind of thing. That's kind of why I felt also, and especially becoming a brand new agent, and and, and I mean, it, he's only what oh, uh, the the first movie left us off. He's only been doing it for like what a week, like officially as an agent, or less than that, like yeah, a couple of days. Like that, yeah. yeah, I mean, think about. If you're that young and you have access to all these missions, are you really going to settle down or are you going to like explore the world? Well, again, you just win with you at the time, you know. Yeah, exactly. But again, like I said, that's we don't it, was, know, it was the thing that didn't, you know. We don't know the frequency of like how like how many times he has a mission and how often they come along. Well, enough, so it could be that he has the time to, to have a, a life. Enough for him to so. jumping on uh, jumping up I mean, when it, fucking cars hit. If you remember <laughs> if you remember on his wall, he only had three newspapers up. Right. And it's been a year, so yeah, I guess. I, well, yeah, and, I just felt like it was, you know, a little, not only convenient, but just like a little, like, um, very neatly tied in a knot. Like, he's got a girlfriend. It just happened to be the girl that he said. Like, oh, no. My, my question is, where's his mom? Uh, right. We didn't care. It's <laughs> like, she, she just doesn't exist anymore? She does her own life now. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I guess he got her own house. He doesn't live with her, you know. Well, at the end of Kingsman, he's like, you just come live with me. I have my own house and everything. Yeah, he threw her out. <laughs> and it's funny because we're talking about all the stuff from the first one. All of that stuff was erased within the first ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Now, how do we feel about that? Like, I, I, how do we feel about the fact that they did do the one thing that a lot of sequels don't do? A lot of times with sequels, it's just not if unless the previous people are going to be a key role to a movie, they just are like, oh, we just have either we don't bring them back or we don't mention them or something. But they went out of their way to bring back things from the old movie, just to, get to kill it all, basically <laughs> to get rid of them all. Uh, how do we feel about that? I was, I mean, I've sequels don't always do that, but I like when they do that sometimes to say, right. you know what, this is not your mama's sequel. Right. G.I. Joe did it because they realized the first G.I. Joe movie was bad, so they got rid of pretty much everything that had to do with that G.I. Joe movie. Right. Looks included. So right. the fact that Kingsman did it, I was pretty okay with it. What did you think? Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to see because, like, you're starting them off. They were at the top. Then you bring them right down to rock bottom, and then they have to go back up from there. Well, they weren't really any ever that rock bottom. Actually, that that was the thing too, because that we never saw like we didn't see them struggle to be Kingsmen without any of their usual stuff. They just really went from everyone's dead to oh, there's a sister organization that we never heard of before, and that evidently has never heard of us either. Because <laughs> you know? cousins. No, I'm, yeah, right. But um, so we, there was never any downtime. But I like the fact that they did clean house. I mean, I think. Probably most people that watch in the film, like, you know, the fact that Roxy was brought back, you're like, okay, somehow maybe she escaped? No, there's... I mean, yeah. the thing is, now if she has, it'll just be very unbelievable. Or did anybody just think that, like, his dog was somehow going to be in the rubble? <laughs> and I'm like, he didn't kill the dog. He killed the dog. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you, you know, my question is, how does a, you know, high-tech secret service organization like this not have um, anti-air... Uh, defenses. Well, the thing is, right? the Kingsman did, but evidently, but I, and I saw that when I when in the movie when you saw Arthur is just like, what's going on? What's going on? And then it's like beep, 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 missile approaching, and I'm like, wouldn't your advanced warning system be more than like a oh, little, uh, advanced than, than warning down the block? <laughs> like, no, down the block. no, just, but like they should have like an anti air gun or something to shoot the missiles right, out. You would think, Un unless they explain that when when the hand hacked their system, right. it didn't just get their addresses it also brought down their defenses right i mean and again that's uh, it's it's one of those things that that's why i said uh, earlier like i really enjoyed the film i'm stating that now and it's not like i'm going to be like now i hate it but i really enjoyed the film but the more i had to digest the film i'm like 
Yeah, there's a lot of flaws to this movie. Like, like, and I don't just mean just in just storytelling. There, at first I was like, yeah, and now I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? and, and but that is, but that is like kind of builds with like a lot of those different things. Uh, you know, that was like just a weird plot just to kind of push it ahead. Let's get into that for a second. Speaking of which, um, one of the things was we got introduced to the new villain, right? Poppy. Yes. Well, what a name. Um, how do we feel about her as a villain? And you could you can compare it versus other villains, or you can compare it to Samuel Jackson to keep it in context of the movie franchise. How did you guys feel about this villain? And because they introduce her, and and she's working with um, what's his name, the one with the hand, um, Charlie. 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 There you go. So she so she's working with somebody who used to be um, a Kingsman candidate. Um, and we got introduced to her and her like real surreal world. How do we feel about her as a villain? It's kind of interesting because like when you look at Julianne Moore, you don't really picture her as Clarice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you don't really think of her as evil, right? You, she doesn't look scary or anything. You can tell that she can be stern, you know, right? She has, or a she can be an evil witch in the Seventh Son and make a mistake like that. That too, but like. You don't see her as like the psychopathic drug dealer. No, I see. Actually, I can. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't. She doesn't have an innocent face. Yeah. I mean, it's not that she has an evil face, but like, she doesn't. It's a person where I'm like, oh, she could do whatever she wanted to. Like, so I don't have that like preset of like Julianne Moore couldn't be a villain. It's like, no, she could be. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but does that but make her a good villain though? I I thought well, I thought that she was a good villain in the beginning. I mean, because you know they, they played on the like you know they did very much like she she lives in this. 50s, 60s fantasy world that she recreates, you know, so that she has that like, hi, I'm Poppy, but I'm also murderous kind of a thing. Right. And I mean, I get that. It's, it's nothing new. It's very old and trite, actually, like, you know, the smiling villain that's just seems so like, oh, I got blood on my shoes kind of a person. It's old thing. But I thought she did that well. It's just that I think that it was very one note. Yeah. Like, you know, unlike with Samuel Jackson, where we saw him as the villain, then we also saw him as the public face of whatever he was supposed to be. Right. And also we saw him even in his own home, like dealing with normal or dealing with, I shouldn't say normal, but dealing with people. Julianne Moore never, it was, I mean, I think, actually, let's think about that. Did she ever leave that diner in any of the nope. scenes we saw her in? I think, nope. yeah, so like, like she literally never I mean, even maybe, left. I mean, we didn't if see she, her moving. If anything, you saw her go from the, from the oh, diner to, to the, the bowling alley into the right, theater. Right, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so yeah. But I mean, never outside a, of her, like... Right, yeah. So, like, you know, it's just... She seemed very one-note to me only because she just never interacted with anything besides just being a bad person. Okay. You know? And then what did you think about the fact of uh, the angel character mm -hmm. just being introduced to show the way she uh, forces her men to prove their loyalty right. and then the way she deals with how they mess up? Right. Well, right. that was he was sort of like just a throwaway character. Right. Well, but if, all of them. I mean, that was the whole thing too. That I, I actually made a note about that henchmen. They're introduced, but they're not used. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Except for Charlie in the very opening scene, attacking right. Eggsy, and 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 then remember, Eggsy himself goes to Italy, where obviously there's going to be hench people there, right. which he really doesn't encounter them to any degree either. So, except for the final big fight scene, we never really get them fighting henchmen. Yeah, like, right. like it's just we know she has henchmen uh, like Ralph pointed out really well you introduce them to show how she pits them well, against each other and then how that she will if she if even the slightest uh, um, disobeying of her orders which she actually made clear in the very beginning as well she'll just disp dispense with them but her henchmen except for Charlie 
they didn't do anything. Like they, they were just they were literally cannon fodder. Yeah, whiskey shot up a whole bunch of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, it's that, a good no, thing I don't need you, fellas. Right. <laughs> I don't um, need any backup. But wait a minute, those people though, they weren't her people. Yeah. They were. I thought they were just a bar full of angry people. No, 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 no. no. The, uh, he's talking about Italy. When, when they were in the when they were in the um in the hut in, in that um lodge. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I was thinking about the the bar scene. And, yeah, and yeah, Whiskey's right. talking about yeah, I'm yeah, glad, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's a good like, thing I need any backup. Yeah, like like her henchmen were just cannon fodder, and not even interesting cannon fodder actually. Like you know, like like when you see um when Whiskey is going to fight that Asian guy that's got the knife. That's where you see the famous lasso scene from the commercial. Right. Um, which. I, I'm mad that they actually showed that scene in the commercial because it would have been cool to see like him getting like cut in half of that lasso for the first time in the film as opposed to a million times on TV. Right. But like when you see him go, you're like, okay, maybe this guy's gonna put up a fight. No, he's dead already. Like that was the whole thing. Like every henchman except for Charlie, one, two, dead, one, dead, one, dead, one, two, three, dead. You know, it was just there was no well, wow. Were, this is like this guy's a battle, and this is it's really making our agents work. They weren't yeah. bionic like Charlie was. Yeah, but what I'm saying though is that they didn't put any work to it. Right. Um, you know, it. it it was just kind of like, well, just breeze through them. They're just henchmen. So and, you know, it, it sounds like it's funny because Mike sounds like he's talking about a video game where the villains are very one dimensional and that you just every board you face almost like opening an alliance too. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, where where, where um, you have the villains looking in different ways, but they were the same note and the same kind right. of thing going on. And, and it's nothing very interesting. The same fighting pattern. Same, exactly. So yeah. I, I think I mean, that's what it sounds like you're kind of saying. Yeah, kind of that. Yeah. What did you guys think about the Elton John exception? Because even did you notice the name of the dogs? Yeah, Benny and Jet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I saw it immediately when, that, when I saw Benny. Benny and the Jets. Yeah, when I saw Benny and Jet, I was just like, oh, Elton John thing. I was like, oh, there's Elton John. Yeah. Well, they, well, I even made a comment like because that was the middle uh, the the middle mission that Exy must have been on. It said Elton John missing. Yeah. Or no, Elton gone. It said Elton gone. And I'm like, and I even said, I'm like, Elton John's missing. And, you know, not realizing that this would be a part of the story at that point. Right. It was interesting when she's like, well, you know, since Valentine was stealing everybody, I thought I should just take advantage. And uh, it wouldn't but, be a shame to yeah, I mean, it was, take them you know, for myself. I thought it was funny with him in some of the scenes uh, he was in were mostly funny. But at the same time, it, again, even to its own story, you're like, but why did you take Elton John? Because she you're, likes Elton well, John. But, but uh, again, she's a 50s, 60s theme person. Yeah. He's seventies, eighties, nineties. Like right. he's, he's not associated. I mean, look at look at the costume. He she put him in his classic Elton John costume from the seventies, yeah. which doesn't fit at all with her world. That's nope. what I'm, again, audience point of view, fun time, logic to the story, none, and it, and it's never even explained. Like why is she so obsessed with Elton John? Like that she named her robots Benny and Jay, and made sure know, that like, the robots didn't eat him. Right? Or yeah. Him. It's yeah. just again, it's just not addressed, and it's not again. It's a big thing, but it's a lot of these little things that, like I said, as I had time to digest the movie afterwards, where I'm like, ah, now it's starting to kind of grate on me a little bit. You know? Yeah, I guess it kind of annoys you after a while. It was funny to see Elton John drop kick oh, two that people. That drop kick, I mean, that <laughs> <laughs> that was that priceless. was hilarious. And then the look on his face, he's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else that's interesting because we talk about the villain. There's two parts of this movie that I think people were looking for. Number one. The new villain, and number two, the the, the statesman, the, the statesman, the cousin um, right. company of of the Kingsman. How did you feel about how they figured out, you know, where these guys were? Did you find it creative? Did you? It I was, was dumb. I was a little disappointed in their use of Chad and Tatum. 
I, I I wanted him to be used a little bit more. I was disappointed that they brought in Channing Tatum <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, unless you're going to be, which was funny that uh, the cat made the uh, made an analogy with the series overhauling like GI Joe's second movie. I'm like, you mean like where they killed T- Channing Tatum off immediately? I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, you know, they basically for the most part, quote unquote, killed him off right away in the beginning. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why is it people keep giving him money? Because he can't be cheap. Because he's Channing Tatum, <laughs> but. He's not necessary. That 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 would be like saying like, well, I'm just going to have uh, Sylvester Stallone walk into the room and walk out, but let's just pay him ten million bucks. Steven Seagal, <laughs> an executive decision. That's yeah, all I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at that point in time when he was famous, not Steven Seagal now. <laughs> oh, not <laughs> fucking bloated. Not, not sad. Not sad Seagal. Sad Seagal. <laughs> but um, but I, I knew like I don't. You guys had a problem with uh, the names for the statesmen. I didn't have a problem with. I just thought they were ale. funny as hell. Uh, Holly I'm, Berry. That's I'm ginger but anyone who knows anything calls me Chant. <laughs> I, it was it was I'm, cute I'm and clever. The stripper. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I mean, it was it was, oh, it was clever. It was it was alright for what it was. Yeah. Ginger ale. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did we think that they could have done more with the statesman instead of just? Yeah, you know, I, I I felt that they they didn't give us, considering that the movie is almost two and a half hours long, we didn't get a really good sense of the statesman. Like like for instance. First of all, it's unbelievable since obviously you guys are worldwide spy organizations, both of you. You've right. literally never heard of each other. Impossible. Do I that. understand that you didn't understand that you were related, Do but that you've good. never heard of each other? Or how about the fact that like when they show, um, which we'll get to talk about uh, the, the, the rise of Harry again, like they show that Valentine and, and Gazelle turned, ran away from the church, and a helicopter zipped right on in. No one noticed that? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no one said, wow, that, that, that helicopter's kind of close. I wonder what it's yeah, doing around it's from, Yeah, it's from the statesman, and they took the, you know, the person, and I'm like, you know, and also, didn't anyone ever get, like, where did they put Harry's body? Like, you know, because I think, the thing is, I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that's right. In the movie, they never did show his body or mourn him, but I'm like, well, they, they didn't did. seem to give a damn where it went either. I'm sure at, at that point, you know, cause, because it's a secret agency, if, if they get killed, they have to disavow. Right. So, so it would be, have to be like a family kind of thing that they claim the body. And since Harry doesn't have any family, right. so they never really got the body back. Yeah, but I mean, you would think that they And would... it was only a few days. It was, it was only like one or hours because it was like the same time Harry got killed. Right. Eggsy goes and confronts Arthur, mm-hmm. kills Arthur, right. and then they go well, after no. Valentine. Right. But no, again, I'm not talking about the fact that it had to be at that minute in the movie of the original Kings. I'm saying like that afterwards, that, right? Like after the mission is done, I guarantee you all those bodies are still in that church. So why is the one body not there, which would be Harry's, you know, because I'm, you would also think that, that again, they may disavow knowledge of who Harry is, but Harry also has a lot of their gadgets on him. You don't want like true. a local authorities being like, Hey, what's this ladder do? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like his best friend. Right. Exactly. Boom. You know, so, you've so uncovered, you, right, you've so, uncovered a deep flaw. Right. So you would definitely say like, well, they'd be, and, and again, the fact that they never, they didn't even go like, I always wondered what happened to Harry. They didn't even say that. They right. were just like, Harry's there. I'm like, so that means you guys never even look for his body. Where are you going guys? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, when, uh, yeah, but what do we think about the return of Harry? Um, were we happy to see him? Were we happy the way he was used? He's the lepidopterist. Yeah, but Lep- were we happy? Lepidopterist. Lep- lepidopterist. <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like it felt very Men in Black too for me. Okay. You know the idea of like when um. Okay. Yeah, when um Tommy Lee Jones. Working in the post office. Yeah, it was kind of like all right, Tommy Lee Jones. You know, you know, forgot you know obviously his memory was wiped and he had to come back. It felt very much like that. Mm-hmm. In, in in the sequel, so I feel like been there, done that. That's kind of right. what it felt like. So I was like, eh. 
I mean, did we like the? We tried to make the fact that he was still seeing the butterflies important until we just felt that it wasn't important. Because it was just one of those like, wow, yeah. you're going, you're having problems, and you no longer have problems. In fact, you, in, it in was, fact, somehow without even any extra training, you cured your death perception. Yeah, <laughs> it was to show the, like, to sh- give us doubt whether or not Harry was. Uh, His instincts were still good. Yeah. Right. Because uh, spoiler, something happens, and Harry does something that quest makes uh, Exy question him whether or not he's actually still there. Right. And right. But, but again, like I said, but then once that's done, poof, he has no more episodes. And also the fact that he had like no good aim because of he's lost an eye. And he, they show him doing no target practice. Well, poof, the, he's good. <laughs> on on the, the, what you didn't see is on the plane when they were flying over oh, there. Oh, here we go. It's a long them. flight. Yeah. So, you know, they had their martinis, they stocked up their weapon, and then they did a, little, a short little training session. But it's obviously not a long <laughs> flight because it was the same time of day when they left and the same time of day when they got to the island. Well, they were flying, you know, in she, the, in the she, opposite she, direction of the sun. But not far away. You just said it was a long flight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the sun is moving with them. It's well, the same direction. I can't lie. I, I, I was very happy that Harry came back. I mean, it took a while. It's one of those stories just like, I mean, think about all the sequels. They do that, too. Yeah. Superman 2, they did that. They depowered the, 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 um, one of the main sources of, of, of whoever the big hero is. Mm-hmm. And even though Harry wasn't the only hero, he was like, I mean, after all the other Kingsmen were, were decimated, yeah. he's the guy you're kind of think, oh, he can help carry us out of this. So to depower him and make him struggle... It was the same kind of, you know, um, by the numbers thing. I still enjoyed it, though. Yeah. No, I mean, I was happy to see him. You know, if they were to make a Kingsman 3, I can see Harry as the new Arthur. Well, there will be a Kingsman 3 as long as this makes money because that's just the way Hollywood works. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I would imagine that he would just become the new Arthur. It would make no sense if he wasn't. In fact, it would make the lack of sense. But at the same time, the fact that we never saw this Arthur... Yeah. Remember, he was like, because all the other people that were ever at the tables were, you know, 30s, 40s range. Yeah. So that means that there's other Kingsmen somehow associated with there. But so, so we don't know, like, again, because they don't tell us, were only the active agents killed other people? I mean, like, you know, like, like Merlin, he can't be the only tech or anybody oh, that yeah, works we, around yeah, there. We didn't even talk about that right, yet. Because Merlin just says, well, my, my address wasn't in there because I guess, you know, I, you know a lowly employee wasn't seen important enough to be in there and I'm like but well, you can't no, be the only employee because they were looking for only the agent's addresses that's right but again he's not an agent he's, right but again he's Merlin he's the wizard do you see where I'm going with this though yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so in other words you have Exy and you have Merlin D- who did they look for nobody <laughs> so you're telling me that besides the agents that are evidently wherever they are in the world the only other people that work there you know is, smile, is you do, do you know why i'm smiling across at you i'm like because even if i wanted to get into a discussion with you about this we don't got the time for it right. <laughs> well here's what i would say poppy got her information from charlie right. charlie wasn't privy to all the information of the kingsman so well, no she didn't get the information from charlie she got the information by charlie's hands which accessed no, no, the no. database yeah yeah but she only went after what Charlie probably told her he knew. No, 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 no. Because right. it was it was the hand. It wasn't right. Charlie. It's, it's only, the no, hand. No, no, I, I'm, right. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. The only reason she went after Kingsman, right, is because Charlie told her of Kingsman. But that's great. Now the Kingsmen are gone. We know that. We know logically, Merlin can't be the only non-agent that works for them. Oh, that would so, suck. So, because that would be impossible. Yeah. So, Exy and Merlin are alive. Who did they look for? Nobody. <laughs> because well, they destroyed remember the house is like their main base or whatever so there were people there in the, in the I, first I'm thinking one. more about the fact that Exia and this guy didn't look for look for them because you know what 
by the time we look for people, we're going to be fucking decimated. Let's right. do it on our own. Well, but but the, but again, but they still needed to find help. But this is the problem. We can't assume that the other people work there. Why? What did Merlin say? My address is not on file. He does not live at the compound. Probably no one else lives at the compound besides the agents that are training or whatnot. So where are the other Kingsmen? Again, it's just it's just this thing with their the way they they tackle it. You keep showing but, me that you're an organization, but you keep not showing me anybody but like three people. So do you think <laughs> you know? they do it to, um, uh, as a, from a and I don't want to get too deep into this right. from a writer standpoint? Do you think they do it so that they can find they weasel their way out to be able to do a sequel? Yeah. Because think about think about all the things that were left open in the other one. In mm-hmm. the other one, they left it open, and you can say, "Well, you know, we knew we were going to do a sequel." Do you think they did it that way so that this way they can do other, you know, well, be able to reintroduce the king? Re- I think it becomes unintentional because the thing is, if you just mentioned it, if you just mentioned like, "Well, luckily there was a safe house," blah blah blah, that doesn't stop you from doing a sequel. Like, right. I mean, that's just in fact that makes the sequel logical. This is because think about it: if there's a sequel, and there will be, right? So now there's going to be more Kingsmen, right? That, and and it better not only be a year later. So like it's got to be time for these people to get trained. Mm-hmm. Who's making the tech? What Merlin? Oh, right. not Merlin. <laughs> the <laughs> so, new Merlin. Right, Spoilers. Right, right. You know what I'm saying is like you know who's made, so and again they hire one guy. <laughs> you know, country road. Um, yeah, because even like in James Bond, you had Q, but when you saw Q's laboratory, there were tons of people See, there. Working. What's, what's funny <laughs> is Mike, Mike talked about this. It didn't even occur to, that that part didn't even occur to me. Like at that point, I was—I mean, there's a lot of other things that that, that that bothered me. Like I had a good time. I didn't even think about that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's because you, right, you like, don't think about I was, it. At no, the but, no, but I was—I was more bothered with the way they deal with murder and blood. Right. Don't ask me why. Oh, That—that right. that, for me about you know, like we know that Kingsman the first one took a cartoonish approach on. Um, on um, bloodshed and things exploding and things of that well, sort. Except for the church scene. Except yeah. for the church scene, right. You know, everything else was hyper, a hyper real, imaginative, like when people's heads were blowing off. In this one, when they show people in the grinder, when they certain, show certain things going on, they, they once again used that hyper real, um, imaginative imagery and didn't work very well. But it was just... I don't know. It, was just it felt too cartoony almost. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of time. Like that um, bothered me more than the whole thing about the agents. That flew over my head. Me, I'm more like... Well, why did it, meanwhile, we're, we're scenes later. I'm like, why did we see the blood come out of the freaking grinder? Yeah. Well, yeah. That <laughs> well, it's because it, that's a uh, Mark 1000 at TXT uh, grinder. <laughs> and it, once again, we're here at another episode notice, where Ralph explains it all. If you notice, the clothing was actually coming out of like one end. Yeah. And the meat coming out of the other, which you don't see is beneath. There's a tray that collects the blood. Oh, that's wow. fantastic. Yeah. That, that makes much. sense. Yeah. But, but and just and also, I just wanted to point out with the last thing when I was saying about so the Kingsman side. So when we see the Statesman, how many tech people do they have? One. <laughs> Holly Berry. <laughs> really? Well, 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 they had they had ginger ale and Dr. Pepper and Pepsi. And, and, and they also saw how she did in the, back. In the movie The Call. So, you right. know. But, but it's like, I'm like, so we have one tech person. And guess what? Now she's an agent. So do they now have no tech people? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> like, well, like, you're just like, where are the other agents that exist in this place? You know? Or they're going to promote Dr. Pepper to ginger ale. I guess so. I guess we have to meet them and stuff ale. like that. Oh, my God. Um, now, what do we think about the... Uh, what we, we really think about it. We had three villains right. in this movie. So you had Poppy. Right. You have a surprise. Right. Twist. And then you have... Who's the third villain? Charlie? No. Because he's uh, part of her villainy. 
Uh, oh, the president. Ex- the president is the third villain. I was going to say, Exy's future, future in-laws. <laughs> there you go. That's just me speaking from... That, I, I will say that scene was hilarious because you're thinking he's going to... I'm like, you know he's going to do something with the glasses. It's, it's clear. Right. But it's just he's like... Uh, well, you know the market. The, 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 well, yeah. uh, well she was trying to impress the family and stuff like that. But um, I, I, like I said, I, the, the president was the third villain. Just briefly, without saying names and stuff like that, what I have about the the second surprise villain is that uh, there was no logical sense to this 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 turn because there was nothing given to us. So it was just oh, oh, it, oh he, he explains the surprise explains turn. It. Right, he he does explain. No, 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 no. You don't. Give me something, then backtrack to explain it in a sentence. There's no, like, that's not good writing. This is why we have bad movies and bad writing. You you don't do that. I was actually going to ask that. Clues. I mean, that they you go they like, explained this it. This is what makes sense. They explained <laughs> it. Um, I mean, you're, you're right, Rob. He explained, he explained it, it, but it's the, it doesn't fit. It just doesn't. No. Sound, especially here's my issue. Um, if you watch the movie again, knowing what you know, and you watch the part where Harry is kind of tipped off on who the surprise person could be, and you see him actually acting different, and he says, you know, this person is, you know, this person is probably somebody we got to watch out for. I'm trying right. to get too into it. Um, there's nothing about the surprise's interaction that would make you think anything. Right. No, there, there isn't. I mean, it's it also, there's nothing that really would have tipped off Harry. I mean, they just made it sound like, I, because really, Harry's only reason was, it's just instinct. Right. And I'm like, that's just a plot device. That's that's not instinct, you know. Um, so I had a problem with that. But now, what do we think with the president? Uh, because also, like like I said, like the villain's main plot didn't make much sense. Like it, it 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 has a surface level of logic, but even that's corrupted. So you have a woman that runs the world's biggest and largest drug cartel, um, and she's guys. I think the guys of that is under pharmaceutical, but of her recreational drugs, she's poisoned it. With this 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 drug that you know makes you manic, then paralyzes you, and then causes your this horrible bloody death. She's poisoned her recreational drug users, so that you're talking about it has to be hundreds of millions of people across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the president of the United States, who can't speak for the rest of the world, he can only speak all, for the United States, right? But somehow she, he was going to give her carte blanche, you know, um, uh, immunity, so that she could then legally sell the drugs and get profit. I'm like. But here's the downside to that, which is exactly what happens with the president. What happens if the president says no? So, okay, granted, yes, he goes down as a horrible person. He is not the one that killed hundreds of millions of people. She did. So she kills her base. What is she going to do for money? Because also, right, yeah. also they're going to find her. They have her face. So she's no longer a secret anymore. You know what I mean? It's right. like this was the least thought out plan ever. Like, like I've revealed myself, I've revealed my face, I've revealed my attention. If you say no to my demand, I lose everything. I gain literally nothing. She just <laughs> wanted to be famous. But I, I think I, but I think part of that is also, you know, at some point when you think you have checkmate, you sometimes can be ballsy that way. That's part of the flaw. Yeah. But I mean, but at the same time, they, they don't quite. I mean, like the president mentions like, well, it's a win-win for him. Right. Because he wanted to get rid of the druggies. But I'm like, yeah, but. So no one noticed that like this plot doesn't work well from her side. But I think I think all like, around I think that's one. Well, if we, when we break it down in a couple of minutes talking about um, scores and renaming the movie, that's I think one of the big weaknesses of this movie. It's good. I, I'll say exactly what Mike said. It was fine. I liked it. I had fun. But there were problems with it that made you. It's almost like Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah. It was fine. It was okay. I enjoyed watching it. I'll watch it again. Yeah. 
But there's something about it, you know, whether it was the villain or once again, I mean, the villain it was a problem in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. part problem in this one. Yeah. It, it, you know, it didn't hold up well enough for it to, you know, for it to be better than the original or even as good as the original. Yeah. Um. So, anything else anybody want to mention before we go to renaming the film and ratings? I say that without hair, Charlie does look kind of scary. <laughs> you, realize, you realize how like, like he does look kind of bad when he's got his like his typical rich boy's haircut in the first film and no hair you're like oh I wouldn't talk to you in a bar either <laughs> it was amazing because at first I didn't even recognize him until when they showed his yeah face to face yeah I was, I was like, like oh, side yeah. by side yeah I was like, so, like thank you side by I'm side like, yeah that me. is him I'm like wow I completely forgot who he was you know yeah. a- anything else you want to add Ralph before we go to ratings I'm sorry before we go to renaming the movie um yes I would like to point out they didn't have an Agent Bourbon. Why well, not? We, we don't know. <laughs> Where's Bourbon? Because we don't know how many members there are at these bars. <laughs> we don't only see four people. And if there was a Bourbon, was there a Maple Whiskey? Probably. <laughs> or a Manhattan Rye? Quick question. Um, before we go into renaming, did we feel that um, the guy who plays Champagne... Um, I keep on Champ. Saying, Jeff Bridges. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Every yeah, time I see him, I want to see. I want to see William Hurt. I was watching The Hulk last night. I don't oh, know why. I'm like, I don't know why. You <laughs> no, no. Say that. So, so did we feel like number one, Jeff Bridges was playing a little bit too over the top, and number yeah. two, did we think that Jeff Bridges was eventually going to be the villain? I did not no. think he was going to be the villain, and I thought maybe I thought he was over the top, but that's just Jeff Bridges playing. I just, I just wanted more Jeff Bridges. You know, he's awesome. I don't know if I wanted more of him, but he was... I wanted more Jeff Bridges. Okay, well, you can have him. Maybe we'll see him at Comic Con. <laughs> maybe that'd be awesome. <laughs> Mr. Bridges, um, we're off the tech here. Can I sit on your lap? <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> All right, so let's go for it. Renaming the film of Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Oh. Ralph? Oh, sorry. My oh, God. I did want to bring up one thing, because more than likely there will be a, a, a third movie. Right. Um, the, what I thought was weird was that we, we leave at the end of the whole mission with, with Champ saying, hey, you know, can't one of you guys stay here? Right. So then it's like, okay, they evidently, you know, they're trying to do a little this, that, and the other thing. Um, but then at the end of the movie, they evidently gave Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum away. And no, I'm no, like... No. Remember, he says, uh, we would want, we would be honored if one of you would be the new Asian whiskey. But since uh, right. Ginger Ale says, I would like to throw my hat in the ring, she's, uh, they say, okay, I guess that's settled then. Right. Because that right. was the only reason. But since there's a whiskey, where else would they go? No. No, because he was already a member of the team. In other words, you lost one member. Why would you... You, you replace a member, you lost a member. Yeah. So if you give away a member, how many members do you have? One less. Oh, no, no, no. no. He's, just because he went to England doesn't mean that he's still not uh, a statesman. He's in a bowler. He didn't go to England. Remember, when they're in the United States, they didn't change their clothes. They were still in their uptight suits. Yeah. He went out of his way to have... He's in a, he's in a Kingsman cab. Is to he, show... He's in a Kingsman cab. Is in to a show Kingsman, their partnership. He's in a Kingsman All right. cab. All in right. a Kingsman suit with a derby... I mean, a bowler and an umbrella. That it's, is entirely their look. Because they're now the same agency. No. No, they're not, yes. the, same. No, they're not the same agency. Yes. No, they're not. Let's, let's, let's move off of this because we can stay here for another 25 minutes. I don't got that kind of time I'm trying to get my daughter from being tangled from this wire. So let's go from renaming the movie Kingsman the Golden Circle. Ralph, I'll have you start. Kingsman, if you save the world, well, you know what you get. <laughs> I call it Kingsman. I'm an agent, and um, giving anal means I get married. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> Uh, Kingsman, the morally ambiguous drug campaign. 
I still don't know what side that movie was supposed to be on. Don't do drugs. You'll get the blue rash. No, it was like, don't do drugs, but it's okay to do drugs because everybody might have to do them for some reason and they deserve to live too. I didn't understand it. (laughs) Hashtag blue rash. Hashtag blue rash. All right, so let's go for ratings for the movie Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I'll start off. I'm going to give it eight and a half. Oh my goodness, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to give it Eight and a half out of ten. I don't have anything to creative say. That's what happens when you have no notes. Ralph? That's what happens. That's what happens. But it's eight. But this is not negative one million and has Joey the fucking intern go crazy. Ralph? I am going to give it nine. Benny and the Jets. Oh, God. Out of ten. <laughs> Did you even know that song before? I, I heard that song. It was, I think it was 27 Dresses. Wow. Yeah. And then you wonder why your man card is being revoked. My man card is for life. I, with Un- 27 dresses as part of your fucking... Unrevocable. Whatever. Okay. Mike? I uh, I can't wait for Kev to hear this because even though it'll be like 95-ish uh, episodes later, he'll be like, see, he's a hater. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can give it six and a half. It'll make you smack your mother out of ten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was funny. I really, yeah, that was pretty funny. All right, so there you have it. Kingsman, the golden circle. Maybe not as golden as we thought, but not quite bronze either. But hey, guys, don't go anywhere. Geeks on the Go is next. So you think these bozos would actually have the foresight of creating a new commercial after they make something cool? Well, since they're too lazy... Big Kev here is telling you to download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app. That's right. It's got lots of cool features, like different comic trivia games to keep you busy, and an episode vault so you can catch up on shows you've missed, like all the episodes with me. New things are being added as we speak, so download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app for all of your Apple devices in the App Store. Also, Find Meanwhile 22 Pages Later on Facebook and tell them what you think of the app and the show. Personally, I think they suck. Geeks on the go. Now more world saving. Now more what? World saving. Every Every fourth one he does well. And then like the other three are like marbles in the mouth. What happened? Because the marbles, it just feels so good hard, in there. No, I, but you know what? I'm going to stop busting Ralph's chops um, anymore about that because honestly, that is hard to do to have good diction and to be able to say something fast. Yes. Yes. Well, maybe if he's tried talking like he didn't have a diction in his mouth. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mine is, mine is, Mike is mean. All right. So, <laughs> fuck you. Oh, man. Now we're going to in my face. I have, I have a joke, but I'm waiting for me off the podcast to tell that one. If you want to know the joke, please hit me up. <laughs> All right, so you know the segment. Don't hit him up. You don't want to know his jokes. <laughs> oh, you, oh, no, you do. You definitely do. <laughs> this, this is the sound of your inbox. Wow. Wow. See, I'm, I'm leaving that alone. <laughs> I'm leaving that alone, okay? All right, so... I give quick questions, they give quick answers on all things geek. We rarely make it under a minute, but, you know, we're going to try today. I think we have a chance until Mike gives his five-minute response to one of the questions. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's no, I'm sure all your questions are short. (laughs) Extremely. (laughs) Ready, set, go. With the Inhumans and Iron Fist series both deemed failures, do you think the Marvel shine is starting to dull? Ralph. 
Now it just has a little dust on it. I feel the same way. Mike. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Defenders, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Inhumans, Iron Fist. They're still at over 70% success. What did I yeah. fucking tell you? Yeah. All right. <laughs> a little shine. A little dust on it. Yeah. Uh, on your imaginary geek monopoly board, what would your boardwalk be? Mike. Boardwalk is the most expensive property. Nothing is more expensive than the TARDIS. All right. Oh, God. Stupid. Ralph. <laughs> I would have to agree with Senor Mike there. Of course you would. No, no originality there. <laughs> Since New York Comic Con is a few weeks away, name a geek celebrity you might be willing to pay to meet. This is a question just for you, Mike. Oh, Wei Ching Ho, a.k.a. Madam Gao, because I need to kick her ass for what she did to Jessica Jones. <laughs> you should ask but, Frank. But otherwise, though. actually, Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, because she's amazing. That's true. Ralph. Nathan Fillion. Very uh, good. I just, I just want to meet cool. <laughs> I just want to meet him because he just seems so awesome. Yeah. And last question. Uh, uh, so close. We fucking so die with your fucking double explanations and shit. All right. <laughs> what is more awkward, talking about fishing while Aquaman enters the room or talking about your love for your parents while Batman walks in? Ralph. Well, you know, I, don't, I guess you weren't invited to Aquaman's fish fry. That was really <laughs> good. <laughs> yes, burning coals underwater. An amazing treat. It was really, it was awesome. And uh, Batman, you know, he, he really lets out his emotions in group. So, I don't know. It doesn't really seem too awkward to me. All right. Oh, boy. Mike? I say probably talking about the parents when Batman walks in. Although it would be more embarrassing to mention that you had um, Batman's parents exhumed and turned into fish food. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's just a little bit too far. <laughs> All right. So, um, shout outs. Do we have any shout outs, gentlemen? Ralph? Uh, I like to shout out to that one person who always supports me in everything that I do. Trump? Mom? Myself. Oh, boy. Nothing else? Thank you, me. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank and you, I, me. You're awesome. Wow. Yes. All right. Mike? Just my usual shout out. So I'm not even going to say it. No, I will. Yeah, you should. I'm going to shout out to my wonderful family. I don't know who they are. <laughs> Damn. Now, now my sister, Marsha, hopefully. Maybe, maybe she listened for a change. That'd be great. Uh, my niece Erin and uh, Cheryl over in Kuwait. Hopefully, she's still doing well. I haven't heard from her in a little bit, uh-uh. and I'm still waiting to hear about the Air Force. You know, maybe giving us like you know a hundred million a year <laughs> to keep our podcast. I'm going. still waiting to hear Cheryl tell me about those in undefeated Eagles. Oh wait, <laughs> they <laughs> lost last week. Well, they were undefeated like you know two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when when you were telling me about that realization. Oh, like yeah. they're undefeated. Wait, oh, it's the beginning of the season. Exactly. <laughs> Um, definitely a shout out to Jamal. Haven't heard from this man in a while. Yeah, what the hell is up with him, man? If he's still listening, you know, give us a shout back. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Ruben, all the usuals there. Hopefully Jay's listening still some more. Aaron, I've given up on. The other Aaron, she knows who she is. Dude, she's, she still hasn't got back to, to, to my first joke from, like, episodes ago where I left a, a word there. And she was like, I listen. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and to uh, the guys at uh, Forbidden Planet in New York City, hopefully... Now they've been told what our, our podcast name is. They will be listening. So shout out to all of you guys, especially the fact that you never have the right names on your uh, ID cards. Yeah, they're the only guys I know that always wear the wrong name tag. It's so that people don't know who you are. Yeah, obviously. one guy I saw walk up, big, thick beard. I was like jealous of his beard. Check his name tag. It's like Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his name a, is a, Margaret. You know what? A, you in this, know. We're in New York. The saying it, it could be true, but I doubt it was Margaret. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I just can't believe that shit. Anyway, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my shout outs. I mean, my shout outs to the usual people. You know who you are, especially um, Joe the intern, who was very mad that he wasn't on the Harlequin episode. He was, Why? Did he have the costume on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just waiting by his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you need to get it, Mike. <laughs> 
<laughs> shout out to my brother Steven, which you know, um, Stevie Steve, Stevie Steve, Stevie listens. He's been working really hard, but Steve-o. he's been trying to get like back into the podcast game. Shout out to my wife. I don't get to shout her out very much, but I love you very much. Thank you for holding it down. You're all right. She's wow. actually gone dress shopping today. For you know, we're we're actually renewing our vows and in March, and she has to buy a dress. So her another excuse for her and the girls to go out and get drunk. Mind you, I haven't had one of those nights with the boys, so it's kind of funny how that works out. Yeah, you're pretty lame. All you got to do is plan it, sir, and it will happen. I will see about that. As they said, if you plan it, they will come. Hmm. Spell come. C O M E. And I'll leave that. I'll leave on a high note, being that that was off the top of my head. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square of the Tech, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And the next time we get together, Comic Con will be upon us, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, we will we, be upon Comic Con, sure. Yeah. The next time uh, our podcast will be post Comic Con. Oh, so let's see how it goes. Yeah. Awesome.